podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio, with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms, and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to the Daily Red, your lunchtime reminder that Liverpool are top of the league. The Reds won 4-2 last night at home to Newcastle in what can only be described as an unsatisfying ass-kicking because that game should have ended 6 or 7-1. Instead, it ends 4-2. We miss an immense amount of chances. We had 34 shots in the game, 15 on target. We had an XG of, depending on which source you look at, somewhere between 6.9 and 7.4, which is pretty spectacular. Uh, the highest ever recorded in the Premier League, whichever end of that spectrum it comes out at. We were dominant. We were rampant. We just couldn't put the ball in the back of the net for quite a long time. We missed a stream of chances in the first half, including a penalty, a bad penalty from Mo. He decided to go power rather than putting any kind of precision in it. Dubravka had a fairly simple save to make. Darwin then missed a 1v1 when he could have squared it to Mo. Whether or not he saw him, I don't know. Diaz had a goal disallowed. They had a goal disallowed as well. Dan Byrne, uh, because Isak had been offside in the build-up. And that was a little bit of a warning shot to us. We did go one up on 49 minutes. Trent does well defensively. Then he plays a long ball to Darwin who lays it off for Dominic. Dominic picks it up and drives, feeds Diaz. Diaz cuts inside, works his way across, feeds it back to Darwin, and Darwin squares it for Mo. and Mo won't score many easier goals than that. And that was 1-0. I and mean, you, you felt like, I have to admit, in the first half, when we were missing the penalty and Darwin missed the 1v1 and Dubravka was playing out of his mind, it felt like it was going to be one of those games where we absolutely splat them all over the place and just can't find a goal, similar to the United game. But we were creating a better calibre of chance last night. But we get that goal and you think, okay, now they have to open up a bit. And even though the fact they've been playing in this deep block, we've still been getting good chances. Now they'll have to open up, we'll get better chances and instead, five minutes later, they're level. Um, it's poor defensively from Trent. Gordon beats him too easily, feeds it to Isak. <sighs> Could Virgil have gotten across quicker? Maybe, but I think Isak just does really well. He takes the shot early, takes it first time. It's a good finish, gives Allison a little chance. 1 1. And it stays 1 1 for 20 minutes, and then we cut them apart again. And Mo and Jota are responsible for the build-up of this. Jota picks the ball up, 
gives it to Mo, continues his run. Mo finds him with a lovely little return pass. You think Jada's going to try and beat the keeper, but instead he very unselfishly just squares it and Curtis Jones has a very simple tap in. Then we go three three one uh three one up. Excuse me, I'm I'm not feeling very well today, so I am a bit uh spacey. Um Cody Gakbo makes it three one on seventy-eight minutes. It's a gorgeous Travella type cross from Mo. Gakbo completely mishits it, but the mishit fools the keeper and bounces in. Uh there is a check for offside, there's no issue. Goal is given. You think it's over. But they get a goal and get back into it. They get a corner. Gravenberg is marking Botman. Makes no effort to stay with him. Botman gets a free run. Jota tries to make a challenge in the air. He's never going to get close to it. It's a good header by Botman, but had Gravenberg done his job, it wouldn't have been an issue. Um, we get a second penalty on 86 minutes. It's a gorgeous ball from Alexis through to Jota. He goes around the goalkeeper. There's a blatant foul. And Jota goes down. And of course, because Liverpool bad will always do numbers on social media, lots of dumbasses have come out and criticised him for going down. Um, a few have said, oh, he went down because he'd knocked the ball too wide. No, he hadn't. Diogo Jada's two-footed. He could have scored if he could have stayed in his feet. Some have said he preferred to go down and win the penalty rather than score. No, he didn't. He went down because he was given no choice but to go down. You try running full speed, changing direction, and have someone elbow you on the inside of your ankle. And see if you stay standing up. But bunch of shitheads. Jada goes down. Mo steps up. Penalty given. Penalty scored. 4-2. We probably should have scored another one or two after that. We probably should have scored three or four before that. It was a dominant win. It was the type of win that, that we were needing. After some uneven performances of late, some uncertain performances in terms of our attack. But we're three points clear. Now, City have a game in hand. Should they win that game in hand, they would go to two points behind us. Uh, They're currently five behind us. I did predict, you'll remember, weeks back, Before this run of December games, I did predict that after the Newcastle game, we would be top. Now, as it turned out, before the Newcastle game, we were top. But I did predict this, that we'd be top. I still don't think we'll win the league. I still think it's City's league to lose. Two points behind if they win the game in hand. They're getting KDB back. They're going to get Haaland back. I would still make them favourites for the title. To be completely honest, I would still make them favourites for the title. But for us to be in this situation in year one of our rebuild, that's outstanding. And in the semi-final of one cup and strong favourites to win a European trophy. But this season is going tremendously well. And what, 
what's funny is you look at it and our forwards aren't playing at their best level. Mo got two goals and assist and a hockey assist last night. He's still not playing at his best level of late. Darwin's not playing at his best. Diaz is not playing at his best, but Diaz was good last night. Gakbo's not playing at his best. Jota's been out. Great to have him back. Goal, assist, and penalty one in his two sub-appearances so far since coming back. So there's more to come out of that front line. In midfield, Alexis has been out. Gravenberg is playing very poorly. Dominic is playing poorly on the ball. Off the ball, he's unbelievable. Curtis and Endo are playing outstanding football, and both were great last night. Both were genuinely outstanding last night. And it feels like that combination, Curtis and Endo, against the better teams with their energy and their aggression, that's a combination that works really well for us. And I was thinking last night after the game, we all know we need to buy a starting six. It's probably going to have to wait till summer. And then you have Endo as the cover in that role. And then that pushes Alexis into the eight roles. And that means we'll have Dominic, Curtis and Alexis, two from three every game in those eight roles. And we can rotate them and keep them fresh. That's a really, really strong position for us to be in. To have those three who are all young, all have room to grow all offer different things. It's a little bit like what Klopp had hoped to have with Ox, Nabi and Ginny. Only it looks like these three, well, Curtis obviously has had some injury issues. Alexis is just back from injuries, but he doesn't have a bad injury track record. Dominic is currently injured, but he doesn't have a bad injury track record. And hopefully it's nothing too serious. Um, but if these three can stay fitter than, say, Ox and Nabi did, that's going to be an outstanding midfield group. Especially if we land the right six, someone like Bubakar Kamara. You land him with that group, plus you've Endo, plus you've Besetic then to come along, plus you've Gravenberg when he figures out what he's meant to be doing. Did play one gorgeous pass last night. A bit more of that, please. Um, but that's going to be a really, really strong midfield group. The defence is playing very well. The def- other than Trent defensively, which is still a little bit questionable, uh, the effort levels just aren't always there. But on the ball, he's he's just he's stupidly good. Stupidly good. Now, last night he didn't have his best game, um, but we all know what he's capable of. But Joe Gomez is playing fantastic football. Ibu is playing brilliantly. Virgil is is just ridiculous. He's he's our best player. He's the best. I think he's the best player in the league. I genuinely do. I think he's the best player in the league again. Um, and the goalkeeper is incredible. So, if the midfield evens out in terms of performance if the if Dominic and Alexis and Gravenberg all kick up a level 
Um, not Alexis doesn't really need to. He's playing very well, but you know, just gets back to playing regularly. Um, if Dominic gets back to what we were seeing from him early in the season, and if Gravenberg kicks on, and if we get Thiago and Besetich back, I mean, that's really going to look like a strong unit. Especially when once Endo gets back from Japan, from the where's he? Where's he gone? Has he gone to Qatar or Kuwait or somewhere for the Af- the Asian Cup? Um, and then the fo- front line, if if they if they find their form, like that is going to be very very scary for teams. And I, you'd imagine Harvey's going to get a lot more minutes now in the front line as we move forward with Mo away for the next however many games. It's a big opportunity for him as well. But if that all starts to click and the defence stays as good as it has been, like that's that is the that is the right concoction to win a title. Um three points clear of Villa. We don't play again in the league until the twenty first. City play on the thirteenth, Villa play on the fourteenth. Arsenal play on the 20th and Spurs for what they're worth. I mean, they're fifth at the moment. They play on the 14th, but all of them can win those games and we'll still be top before we play Bournemouth. So that's nice. Then we get 10 days off in the league. So you've got three weeks and then 10 days. We only play two games in the entirety of January in the league the 21st and the 31st. Bournemouth away, Chelsea at home. They're two very winnable games. Then we go to Arsenal on the 4th of, of February. And that's a tough one, obviously. That's a tough game. But we're in a position where we should be able to go there and draw and still have a significant lead over them. Um, And then we play Burnley home. We go to Brentford we get Luton home. We go to Forest. There's four very, very winnable games leading us into City. And that's going to be tough. Then we go to Goodison the following week. So two tough games back to back there, but we'll worry about them when we get to them. The next four games are, the next three games rather are just very, very important. And we need to take them all as they come. Um, on This Is Anfield. Exceptional attacking Anfield reborn and Salah Solutions, the final, the last word on Liverpool 4, Newcastle 2. Um, Anfield was bouncing last night, which was very, very cool. Clock uh, dancing, Gordon Wrong, cameraman to the rescue. The cameraman found Jürgen's wedding ring after he dropped it last night. Um I hope he got a big hug afterwards. Uh, Jones, the key is big players return five talking points from the game. Fortress Anfield surpasses 110 shots as stats show off special Curtis Jones. Curtis has been incredible for the last little while. Starting with that monumental performance against Arsenal. He was outstanding and he was absolutely brilliant last night. Uh, there's a piece about Virgil, a uh, piece about Jürgen talking about the atmosphere, Martin Dubravka admitting it was a penalty for his foul on Diogo Jota, making Alan Shearer look like an idiot. 
Liverpool deliver a statement performance with Mohamed Salah and inspiration. Uh, player ratings, let's have a look at these. Liverpool broke all-time XG record. Yeah, we believe a lot. Mohamed Salah says Liverpool can win the Premier League. You have to love that fella's mindset. He's he's just a pure winner. Uh, young Henrold has put together the ratings. So we'll just do the this is Anfield ones. Allison six, Trent six, Knate eight, Van Dyke eight, Gomez eight, Endo nine, Saboslai seven, Jones nine, Salah eight, Diaz eight, Nunez six. I think they're about fair. Now the average they take this is Anfield, the Echo, goal, foot mob stats. And this is Anfield readers. Uh, Allison 6.4, Trent 6.9, Ibu 6.9. Goal gave Ibu a 6 and Trent an 8. Goal gave Trent an 8 and all three other defenders a 6. Do these people not watch the games? Um, anyway, Virgil 7, Gomez 7.2, Endo 7.5, Zabozlai 6.5, Jones 8.3, Salah 8.4, Diaz 7.6, and Nunez uh, 6.4. Those goal ratings are just mad. Um, moving on to Liverpool.com. Liverpool have a new plan of attack without Mohamed Salah and two Luis Diaz moments just proved why. He had some lovely moments last night. He just looked, he looked more like Luis Diaz. Jamie Carragher agrees with Gary Neville. Well, we know that this is going to be wrong, so don't we? Um... Alan Shearer slams Diogo Jota in X-rated response. Alan Shearer embarrasses himself is what the headline should be there. Uh, Gary Neville completely wrong as Liverpool got exactly what it needed from Diogo Jota. Uh, Generally speaking, Gary Neville is completely wrong about everything. Last night, he embarrassed himself routinely. And Sky really need to consider taking him off Liverpool games. Because he has been borderline atrocious every single Liverpool game he's done this season. Like, he cannot get out of the way of his own bias. Goncalo Inacio transfer confirmed. Double injury return. Ideal January for Liverpool outlined. Um... Injury returns. Alexis is back. Liverpool are still without Robbo, Alcantara, Besetic, Costas, and Matip. Matip's done for the season. Costas, I don't know how long collarbone is going to take. Ten weeks, maybe. Um, Thiago seems like he's the closest to returning. Then Robbo, Besetic, God only knows what's going to happen there. Domestic Cup progress. Yeah, the Carabao Cup is the one that's more important because we're in the semi-final. 
and uh, keeping the Premier League lead intact. And obviously, signing Goncalo Inacio. Inacio would be brilliant. He genuinely would be a brilliant uh, addition. Fits perfectly left side of our defence. Can play in a three, can play left back in a can play left back in a four, can play centre back in a four as well, but might be a little bit too short for what we like in a centre back in a four. He would be a really good, really good addition. He's outstanding on the ball, which is something that would help us in terms of our build-up from the back. The buyout clause, 52 million. Could we give them Fabio Carvalho and bring that down and maybe work out a deal where we don't have to pay a huge lump sum? Let's say we agree to do Carvalho and... 37 million, but they get Carvalho as the upfront payment, and then we pay them 37 million over four or five years. Can't see how that doesn't work for everybody. He gets a good move, they get a good player, they get their money, and we get a really good player. And they can sell Carvalho then if they develop him well. They can sell him and make even more money. So surely that's a better deal for them than just giving them $52 million straight up. I don't think they've got a massive pressing financial need at the moment. Could be wrong. But that just seems like a deal that works. Um, Anfieldindex.com. There's a post-mortem on last night's game. There is a piece about the different records that were broken last night. A piece about Zabozlai. Owen Beck has been recalled. I would bet heavily that he is back out on loan by the end of the month. Uh, Podcast-wise, there is the final episode of the Songs of Anfield series. Uh, They're doing Poor Scouts of Tommy. Someone, oh, I'd love to remember who it was. Someone tweeted the AI account had actually gone and done some research into this and and might just have found who poor Tommy was. Uh, There is a rival recon for the Newcastle game. If you haven't heard it yet, give that a listen. There is the Red Alert review of December with Dave Davis, Mark Evans and James McKean. There is post-match Raw with myself, Trev and Carl Matchett. Um, I would say I was about as much use on that podcast last night as an underwater hairdryer, genuinely. I don't actually remember most of it. I think it's mostly Carl and Trav talking and me rambling, uh, probably with no sense of what was going on. So apologies for that, but uh, we got through it anyway. And uh, I will see you all tomorrow. So take care of yourselves. Bye-bye. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, 
where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.